point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Good morning, all you fucking doodle-doos out there. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today on Beer with Buffy, we're going to be reviewing Season 5, Episode 19, entitled Tough Love. Yes. Sorry, I'm a disorganized mess over here today. You're always a disorganized mess, Rex. It's my favorite thing about you. Did I say favorite? I meant least favorite. <laughs> so, what business have we to tend to today at these minutes um, of Buffy the beer with Buffy? Huh? Yeah. Right, we're podcasting. Uh-huh. <sighs> How does that make you feel, Rex? I'm not ready. I didn't actually care. I, I'm aware. Not ready for what? For podcasting. Oh, well, stop it and uh, shut up. Do it. Life's too busy, man. Do Life's it. too fucking busy. Well, hey, why don't we start off with a big old list of doodle-doos. Our list of executive doodle-doos are as follows. Kristen Dulcinea, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Doodle-Doo, D. Scheringhausen, Club E. Seal, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man. <sighs> oh, my God. You're just a little doodle-doo chip-chip. Oh, hi, Mark. I don't get that at all, do you? Yeah, I told you. It's a reference to the film The The Room. Oh, right. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, but what about the other part? I don't know that one. Chip-chip? Cheep-cheep. I'm guessing. I, I don't know. Scarlet Choi, Janella Lindauer, bad at changing their name heaps, k horse dildo with a BWB <laughs> logo gnome. <laughs> Father DeFinistrato, Methuen DeBurr, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally isn't possible. Whoop, whoop. And we actually bought our drinks with, with podcast money today. Yeah. So, like, thank you so much. So, y'all are, in fact, supplying us with Sprecher brand Local Cream Soda. Yes. <laughs> with honey in it. It's only 40 calories, and it is delish the only criticism i have is it's not fizzy enough yeah it didn't give us that satisfying opening that i that i'm so keen on yeah what are you gonna do i mean i don't that's nice but i will forego the good foley for good suds yeah on my tongue our city has been uh experiencing a very terrible drought of reed's sugar-free ginger beer Oh, my God. It's been killing me, man. Yeah. It's a fucking ginger beer apocalypse over Dude, here, man. I, the other night, my insomnia was kicking in really bad. And I went to get something to drink. And I went to my fridge and I opened my fridge. And I literally sat there staring into my fridge like, oh, God, I need a fucking ginger beer right now. And Like, I was I was deeply craving it like a fucking addict. That is the saddest goddamn story I've ever heard, bro. I just find it funny that, like, apparently I have become addicted to to ginger beer. I believe it. <laughs> I am in no way questioning this, and I am, in fact, actually empathizing with you. This is my serious face. Oh. It's hard to tell sometimes you have that resting sarcastic yeah, voice. Yeah, it looks a lot like my sarcastic voice. Yeah. That's yeah. by design. <laughs> so... 
All right, motherfuckers. Don't forget to review us on iTunes. We love it when you review us on iTunes. And you know what we love to do when you review us on iTunes is give you free shit. Round about seven reviews ago, we gave out a free hoodie, and we want to do it again at about uh, 75 reviews. Yeah. Because you're not anybody if you're not sucking iTunes' dick out there, guys. Apparently. So Apparently. Get, get to it. Best Buy does it. All the phone stores do it. Not that I oh, would know. We, we actually... Le- so every time we get a review, I actually went over the numbers. Every time we get a review on iTunes, we actually get a spike in downloads. Oh, yeah. There's there's a direct correlation between when we get reviews to when our average downloads go up. That's that's a cool story, bro. No, but actually. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I'm just being an asshole. Uh, anyway, we don't uh, we don't have any voicemails proper today. Uh, we, we did get a little tidbit from Gnome, Crystal River Sam, Madam of Many Monikers, she just mainly called to tell me that I needed to give credit where credit's due with Harmony. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Harmony's a great actress. And you should fucking admit it, that you're laughing at Harmony, you, that you don't hate Harmony. Um, okay. I'm on I, board with that. I did not say that the individual portraying the character was a bad actor. I said I don't like the character. That is fair. And I knew that was exactly <laughs> the argument you were going to make. Because that is an important distinction. Yeah. The fact that I don't like that character to the degree that I don't like that character is a testament to that person's ability. Very probably. Like, (laughs) that means that that person is doing their job well. Yeah. So there it is. Go ahead and and enjoy your cringe while it lasts, Kfronome, Crystal, River Sam, uh, because we are definitely going to keep saying it as long as it is on there. Yeah. And we're definitely working on producing, mass producing, beer with Buffy, horse dildo. <laughs> I'm not mass producing anything Merchandise. Like that. Or not mass producing. Uh, okay, only producing at least one and anything else by commission. Yes. <laughs> I'm still working on those details. Uh, uh, things have been a bit hectic here at uh, Beer with Buffy. Our last episode was late. It's still not out. It's, it's still not out yeah. at, at the time of this recording. I moved out of my mom's house. It's never yeah. going to be the same, you guys. <laughs> Which uh, hopefully we will be recording in your home for once. Maybe. That's be weird. Maybe. We'll see. Um, I'm watching a video on how to properly soundproof a room. Nice, nice. But uh, also, uh, in the news of what's going on with your podcast host that you may or may not care about, um, by the time this episode airs... I will probably be engaged. Ooh. Yeah. My partner does not know it. I am surprising them with the ring. That's a risky thing to record. Well, yeah. But uh, (laughs) look, I wouldn't be asking them to marry me if I wasn't pretty fucking positive that the answer would be yes oh like, sure we've that's already not talked why i'm saying it. it's risky i'm saying it's risky that they might find out if this airs before you oh, actually ask it won't okay um because their birthday is next week you've got it all planned out i do oh um, boy i do uh, but it, it's on the uh dendum of whether or not the ring gets here in time Oh, I I found the other name for uh, Kfro Gnome. Oh, Crystal River Sam Carl Kfro Gnome. <laughs> That's what it was. I remember now. Cool. Good luck with that. Or break a leg. It's not really show business. It's marriage. Yeah. Eh, it might be the same thing. I'm not sure. <laughs> you have no experience in it. How would you know? How would I know? I don't know. I've never <laughs> been married before. 
Uh, I've I've been the product of to, a really bad marriage. To be fair, to be fair, we're going to be doing a very long engagement because we're not getting married before uh, Caitlin finishes their degree. Four, if you um, count my grandparents. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I hope you enjoy your very very long engagement. Yes. Don't forget, everybody, free stickers if you uh, if you review us on iTunes. <laughs> doing doing a good job of keeping a sun track there, Josh. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> How, how about that mom synopsis? Let, let's get on into it. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just hiding my keys from people. You know, <laughs> don't need any derelicts getting into my new place. A lot of expensive shit in there, you know? Oh, you should do what I do, Joshua. Hide it under a rock and then tell everyone you know that it's there so that they can get in anytime they want to. <laughs> right. So that it's more secure. Good plan. <laughs> yes, the more people that know about it, the more people I can blame if I lose something. <laughs> Wait, what if you lose your mind? Oh, Joshua, that's just silly talk. Then it's your fault, of course. <laughs> All right. Everything's my fault. Now you're catching on. It's too bad it took until you moved out of your mother's house at the age of 38 to figure it out. Yeah. It's almost like God doesn't exist. <laughs> or like he, she, they are a complete fucking asshole and should have retribution taken on them with dark magic. Well, that's oddly specific, Joshua. <laughs> I suppose. Actually, I'm noticing a pattern. It is, in fact, oddly specific to today's episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where Buffy drops all of her college courses, Ben loses his job as a nurse at the hospital, Buffy gets threatened to have Dawn taken away from her by the high school principal if she can't force Dawn to go to school. So, her solution is to go overboard on being a control freak. This incites a fight between Willow and Tara as they discuss the issue in private, which quickly turns to an argument about Willow's rapid rate of excelling in witchcraft. Meanwhile, Glory plots to kidnap another Scooby and this time attacks Tara at the World Culture Fair. Willow finds her just after Glory realizes she's not the key and feeds off her instead. Tara has now joined the ranks of the insane, and Willow goes full dark witch postal on Glory's ass. She attacks Glory, but is in over her head, and Buffy bails her out. Willow, Tara, Dawn, and Buffy all sit together eating the next day, when Glory tears the building apart and discovers that Dawn is the key via Tara's insanity. Cue massive cliffhanger. The end. Ladies... Gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Ooh, uh, we opened today's episode at on, at the college, where Buffy apparently still goes to college. She hasn't been there in a while. Right. I forgot that that yeah. was even still happening. Uh, well, she doesn't go there anymore because she's probably, currently in the act of dropping out. Which is probably why the writers decided, you know what? Why don't we just <laughs> yeah, right. say fuck that whole storyline? This is boring. Let's move on. She shows up to the class after missing a lecture. She apologized to the teacher, explains that she's dropping out and doesn't have time for poetry in her life because she's being a parent now. Honestly, the, the teacher's fairly sympathetic. And, like, it kind of sucks that there was no characterization to put behind this teacher. Like, Right. We haven't we... met him before. Right. But he, he seemed to really care. He seemed like a pretty good actor, too. Yeah. 
And I was like, hmm, he cares a lot about her, it seems like, in her education. Bullshit! Right. Also, I don't remember ever having to have a professor sign a piece of paper in person over right. dropping a class. What the fuck do they care? Well, it might have been different then, because this was, what, year 2000, 2001-ish? Something ish. like that. Yeah, like, maybe. I mean, I didn't... I didn't go to college till fucking 2008, well after high school. I know. A lot of times these and days, people can't even fucking find their professors. Right. Even during <laughs> their like scheduled office uh, hours. It apparently gets even more interesting in that regard in grad school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin's got some stories. And sometimes That's specifically ridiculous. the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's And a lot of that's due to COVID. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Whatever, it's good for storytelling. Uh, so she's talking to him. He's trying to unclog this slide machine. She uses her Slayer powers um, to her super strength to pull out this clogged slide, and it flies across the room. Well, this is what happens to your fucking the fuck are those things called slide machines? Yeah, I guess slide machine. This is what happens to your slide machine when you put your dick in it. You jam it up. Don't jam it up. Oh, yeah. See, I, I forgot about that part. It was, it, in fact, his dick that she pulled out of the slide yeah, machine. I mean, it was a little worse for wear, but still usable. Presumably. Or maybe that I was mean, a slide. Not presumably. His, not his penis. I forget. It doesn't really matter anymore. So uh, apparently she learned a lot during his class, and uh, I didn't catch what class it was exactly. Presumably poetry. poetry? Yeah, it was yeah. Just poetry. Okay, if one is to derive that from context, I suppose. Uh, I learned that haikus are Japanese, didn't know that. Really? And that they sound like a sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a quote of the day necessarily, but it was a cute line because Buffy says, like those Japanese ones that sound like a sneeze. Haiku? Yeah. God bless you. Yes. Exactly. That, that's where the joke was. I, I was disappointed <laughs> that she didn't respond right? to that. Right? They totally left that out. Yeah. I just now realized that would have been way funnier. Oh, well. Cut to the hospital. Yes. Cut to the hospital where uh, Ben gets fired. Yeah. yeah. Motherfucker hasn't been to work in two weeks, gets fired, and his old boss casually guesses exactly what <laughs> Ben is without even knowing it. <laughs> right. You know what, though? This dude's a doctor in the Hellmouth. This is probably like an everyday excuse for people. At the very least, it's not the first time. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's the Hellmouth, and that's just how it is. Because he's like, oh, sure, let me guess. Your dog ate your homework. Bananas are talking to you. You see dead people. Demonic creatures are living inside you that take over your body uncontrollably for two weeks at a time and need to feed on healthy brains for sustenance. And her name is Glorificus. All hail Glorificus. I'm sorry. What was I talking about? Anyway, something like that. You know, and bullshit, obviously. So, yeah. You know, I kind of want to get fired by walking in and saying I'm late and them saying, <laughs> no, you're not. You don't work here anymore. <laughs> right. And <laughs> while I would be unfathomably pissed off, I would also be like, ah, oh, <laughs> thank God. Because <laughs> if I'm late, it's because I don't like it there. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I wish I could say that uh, because I'm late to plenty of things I like. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So am I. But oh. A lot of times, because, you know, with jobs, they actually care if you're late, so I make it more of an effort. And even when I'm making an effort, I still just can't bring myself right. to do it. So, anyway, 
Uh, so Ben is in uh, the locker room packing up his shit, and he's talking to himself, but really he's talking to Glory, berating her for fucking up things that he's worked towards, and like, ooh, becoming a nurse. How old is he? Hundreds? Thousands? We don't, don't know. know. Not to uh, deride anybody who's a nurse out there. We uh, we value your service. I know hospitals don't, and they're underpaying you yeah. severely, and I personally apologize for that. It's actually my fault. I did that. Good. Yeah. Glad to see you're finally taking some fucking responsibility, Well, Josh. if there's one thing I learned from this episode from Dawn, is <laughs> that I need to blame myself for things that are wildly outside of my control. I mean, yeah. That's, and that's the best way to fix them. That's the, the healthiest thing you could possibly do. I know. <laughs> Thank you for validating me, yeah, Rex. you're welcome. This is very healthy. I mean, you know. <laughs> my brain went to a place that i'm not gonna take it on the podcast <laughs> horse dildos branded yes horse dildos yeah <laughs> i know right we should make some anyway uh ben we is... can test them on the air <laughs> i don't think so give them the table slap test <laughs> i don't think so tim give them the macaroni test there, there's a good amount that i'm fully willing to do on this podcast uh all we need is that a, one is not on the list we just need a hallway full of macaroni and cheese oh my god <laughs> it'll be fine everything's fine <laughs> oh. all right all right all right anyway the the scene ends with ben he's angry and then he realizes he's changing and he turns back into glory Ch -ch 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 changes oh he's 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 a woman now but he's a goddess yes an evil goddess but a goddess nonetheless yeah i mean you know a god is a god is god yeah i was hoping she'd eat the boss dude because she's like i'm hungry right opening credits yeah and then we're in glory's bathroom and Glory is taking a bubble bath with three of her demon nerds kneeling there beside her, wearing blindfolds, holding chocolates, a mimosa that she doesn't have any idea how to actually drink, and a loofah that she uses to nearly wait, scrub wait. her entire foot off. She doesn't know how to drink a mimosa? Is there a trick, like a special way to drink a mimosa? Well, it's the same way you drink anything, Rex. And the last time I checked, you don't stick your tongue slightly out in a weird way and then dab it to your lips but not actually consume any of the liquid inside the glass like every fucking actor on tv ever and it drives me fucking insane this is not a thing i've ever noticed really yeah you're the people that they do it for then oh my god i i hate it so much it's a stage trick mostly for the screen but people do it on regular stages too i guess i don't quite understand what you're what it is i'd have to look well, at well the tongue thing that was unique to this situation i've never seen that before you just need to watch the scene again but then the drinking trick is old as time you don't actually see them consume any liquid right they just dab it to their lips real quick and then pull it down and smack their lips a little bit and act like they just drank something i'm like you obviously didn't drink any of that fucking get get a gulp fucking drink some right. of it but it's a i think there's some sort of contractual thing where because if you have to do like 50 takes yeah <laughs> and if that's actually orange juice like even if you're drinking sugar-free orange juice you don't want all that shit inside you you're gonna have to pee whatever right you don't you shouldn't have to consume things well you know she's in the bath if she has to pee just go man <laughs> just go man <laughs> god 
You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm gonna. You make- know the common thing you see with drinking in movies and TV that I hate is anytime they have a soda fountain drink with a straw. Mm. And they take a sip out of it. You hear the like the gurgling, the, yeah, noise. the gurgling. Like they're noise. at the bottom like, of the cup, yeah. And it's like every time. It doesn't matter how like they can just get a fresh drink and that that's yeah. making that noise. Oh, I hate I that. Fucking too. hate that. I hate that too. It's like oh, so they're at the bottom of the cup. No, they're not. I happen <laughs> to know it for a fact. Anyway, so she informs them that she's going to be taking over the search for the key now that they fucked up and brought her a vampire instead. See last episode with Spike. And uh, right after they tell her everything they remember about spying on Buffy, then she'll do their job. Yes. Cut to Buffy and Dawn in some snooty old lady's office. All right. Is apparently the principal now. Have um, we met her before? No, no. Um, just real quick, because I want to talk about something far more important than this scene. Uh-oh. This scene's kind of dumb, but like Dawn's struggling in school, whatever. Her mom just died. That makes sense. Sure. But the scene ends with the principal, you know, giving praise to Don, but then asks Don to step outside. And, you know, it's kind of a dun 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 sort of moment. But all I want to know, Josh, is what if Snyder didn't get eaten in season three and this was Snyder? Wouldn't that have been so much better if Snyder had been Don's principal and we could have gotten this scene of Snyder interacting with Buffy about Don? Gotcha. That that would have been lovely. Yeah, I thought you were proposing some sort of canonical situation where Snyder was no. actually a, a shapeshifter or something. No, no, I just like because I'm like, no, that's think, Odo Rex. Think think of how fucking amazing it would have been if we never got a scene with Snyder like getting eaten in season end of season. Three. Yeah, what if I'm what if like he he's he's. He just disappears from the show. Not because, yiffing, you know, yet. But I am what if. He just disappears from the show. And then in season five, in a random fucking episode, we go to the fucking high school and Snyder's back. Wouldn't that have been blow your mind awesome? Absolutely. And they 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 ruined it. They did ruin it. They ruined it. Well, he was busy with Deep Space Nine. I know. They, he but... started filming them both at practically the same time. I know. Well, what are you going to do? Um, Be sad and miss Snyder. That is correct. So um, Buffy's trying to have Dawn's back, but Dolores Umbridge over here feels compelled to inform Buffy that if Dawn doesn't straighten up and fly right and go learn how to be a good little worker bee, no matter that her mother just died, then she's going to wind up destitute and homeless and a loser or working in a factory, scrubbing toilets, flipping burgers. You know, things we all need done, but for some reason don't pay people much to do because capitalism is inherently a system of class warfare and in our case, deeply rooted in racism and misogyny. No, but really, when she looks at Dawn and says, she's more than just a kid, and we're all supposed to be worried that she knows that she's the key, right? I'm like, come like, the yeah, fuck on. If. Shut up. And then she finishes with, she's a talented young girl with a sharp mind. And I'm like, great, just stop there. Oh, she keeps going. When she puts the effort in, and I'm like, go fuck yourself. Die yeah. in a fire. She just lost her mother. Yeah. How much yeah. effort do you expect her to put in for like, your bullshit? And it doesn't matter. The time frame does not matter. This is less than a year after her mother died. I want to say this it's is less like, than two years I after say her it's mother. It's like, like two months. Yeah, but like the death of a parent 
especially when you're a teenager, yeah. when your hormones are through the fucking roof, you lack the actual parts of the brain development required for dealing with that level of extreme emotion. Yeah. Like, there's no way in hell a teenager who just lost their mother would be able to go back to normal two years after. Like, that shit takes a long fucking time to process it. through. I believe it. It takes a long time for an adult with a fully formed brain to do. You can't expect that shit from a fucking teenager. And then just regardless of all that, this whole you've got so much potential is just the worst, most child ruining statement that ever gets yeah. thrown around in schools. And it, like it throws mental health out the fucking window, barely taking any of the child's personal life con in contextually into mind. And it blames them uh, for their own moral failure of not being enthusiastic enough right. about being brainwashed into being a compliant drone. Yeah. Well, hell, I had it in school because, you know, I had severe ADHD undiagnosed and a bunch of other fucking problems. Yeah, and, and that's usually what it is when they say something like that. It's because yeah. the child has some sort of learning disability or some other mental health issue going on untreated. Right. But they want, they want to gear it so that they put the fucking blame for it on you as an individual straight onto that child's shoulders. Yeah. yeah um, we're living in the fucking dark ages, bro. I, just, yeah. I cannot stop thinking of Rick going school's not a place for smart people. It, it, it could be, it could be, it's it could be. not. Though. Um, not the system we have now. And, you know, there's plenty of fucking studies out there that show that it doesn't fucking work, right? Like, that style of learning, yeah. uh, something like 40% of students actually learn the way that our current school system works. Oh, God, it's got to be less than that. The statistic I heard is that only, like, 10% of students are actually good at learning from lecture-style classes. Maybe, yeah. Well, this guy wants effective weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z. From Axe to the other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. Anyway, cut to the magic box. The magic box. The magic box. Yeah, I don't know. why do we do that with the magic box? It doesn't because, because we don't get the bronze very often. I feel like we're there too often, though. I guess. <laughs> oh well. You want to do it again? Just for nah. fun? Yeah. Oh, fine. I'm over it, too. <laughs> so Anya's staring uh, a little too hard at some elderly customers. Here in this scene, we get to experience the uh, the budding uh, Republican that is Anya. Basically. <laughs> Neoconservative, really. Yeah. But, I mean, she's got she's got a little bit of the racism thing going on and ageism. Ageism, and, definitely. And, I didn't you know, sense much racism. Toxic but patriotism. It's not patriotism. far off from all this shit, yeah. Bigotry, nonetheless. Because she's found a new way to identify with herself. Yes. As an American. Yeah. <laughs> and as we all know, that goes over so well. So well. For people. So well. Anyway, I liked Xander's line here. He says, you know, a watched customer never buys, which... <laughs> Only moments later, I was like, wait, oh, that's like a watched pot never yeah. boils. Aha, that's clever. So, yeah, she goes on some capitalist overtones rant, and uh, it was really just scalding my earballs. I wanted to move on. And uh, Dawn and Buffy enter. Buffy informs them. She dropped her classes, and Xander's very supportive. 
Yeah. And too bad he's... He, he's not very good at being supportive. Yeah, too bad he's a big asshole most of the other time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he's not very good at coming up with a clever phrase for being supportive either. He keeps making bra references. Yeah. To which all I can imagine now is Xander strapped to Buffy's back and cupping her boobs, <laughs> acting as her bra now. Because he's very supportive, you see. It's not a sex thing, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I can't get it out of your head now, can you? That's just my gun digging into your hip. <laughs> <laughs> Is it number one or number two? I, I just, just want to know, know how, how much time, time I have. have. God damn it. Ah. <laughs> uh. I figured you'd appreciate that. <laughs> what is it, that bony little bitch, Melissa Robinson? No, you just don't do it for me. There's, there's no good way to do that last part on microphone. No, I, you just no. Oh, uh, <laughs> anyway, that movie didn't age well. No, it didn't. And I'm never gonna stop referencing. It. <laughs> no, probably not. It's, we, we can't. Um, it's a, just a good running gag at this. Point. Hell, I know I've even referenced that line before. Xander's shenanigans has aged better than that movie (laughs) (laughs) barely but i'd say about the same honestly so anyway xander is a bra it's not a sex thing yeah Uh, buffy needs to talk to giles and tells dawn to start on her homework and asks willow to help her if necessary cut to the training room yeah training room they have a a little aside buffy is trying to get Giles to kind of step in as as an an authority figure and you know he has kind of a heart-to-heart with her about it how like no your family like this is the thing you should do yep I do feel a bit for Buffy here because so I have I have a little sister 16 years younger than me and when she was a teenager she had some issues in school and the strictness that my dad and my stepmom were exerting on her was not working and she was being rebellious and whatnot. And I ended up having to like talk to her some and my dad had wanted me to kind of weigh in for a situation that came up. And it is profoundly difficult to go to a sibling that you're older than and shift gears from being their sibling to being any kind of authority figure. Mm-hmm. And if you don't really have a handle on what the fuck you're doing, it's very easy to go over the top too quickly. Um, with my sister, luckily, we were bigger, big enough age gap that it was much easier to, to have that separation. I was going to say but, 16 years, but old enough to be your dad anyway. Damn near. But well, biologically, no, plenty. no, no <laughs> I, I agree. But the, the point is, is I, I definitely feel for fuck's sake, Buffy is also dealing with the loss of her mom and now the potential loss of Dawn. And then on top of that, she's the Slayer and, you know, her her little sister's a mystical, legendary thing. Right. It's almost and like the double threat of losing Dawn is an allegory. Well, yeah. Um, or just clever writing. It's like, wow, she's being threatened that she can lose Dawn both legally in the normal world and also this fucking demon god is trying to take her away from her as well. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. Yeah. But yeah. I have thoughts about that, but I don't know what they are. You should work on that. Allegory. I said a fancy word. You did. It's an allegory. <laughs> 
Did you get one of those word a day calendars? I'm sorry. It's an Alex Gory. Alex isn't here. Oh. All right. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Um, anyway, basically, uh, Giles is like, well, you know what? No, you do it. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> You're not ready for the world outside. Wait, that's not for like another half a season. Um, uh, Nearly a whole season. Nearly. Well, no, nah, not quite. Right. This that's... is episode 19. That's episode six of next oh, okay. season. For some reason, I was thinking it was 16. So, yeah. Two-thirds a season. Two-thirds. We're only eight oh, episodes yeah. away. No, you're right. 16 episodes right. if you count. God damn, that's... Angel episodes. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> it's going to take some doing. It's going to take some doing. We'll get there. It'll be okay. <sighs> anyway, Buffy and Giles walk back out front. Uh, they walk into the store to find uh, Tara and Willow... or. Was it Tara? No, it was Willow, Anya, and Xander on the floor. Correct. Dawn standing over them with a knife. I mean, laughter. Same and thing. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> hey, it's September. It's practically Halloween. Right. So <laughs> They're acting out geometry, which, you know, all well and good, but uh, Buffy's not having it. I'm not 100% sure how useful that is, but it seemed productive enough Right. To not justify Buffy's fly off the handliness here. Well, at this point, it hasn't been mentioned out loud yet that Buffy is has the chance of losing Dawn. But right. she's she's reacting to that. That was my and biggest issue with the conversation between her and Giles. I'm like, he's like, Well, I think you need to put your foot down. And I'm like, about what? What's what's the big fucking deal? Like her mom died and she's doing right. bad at school. I like, yeah, I guess she needs to go legally. Whatever. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So but yeah, we we don't actually know what the gravity of the situation is and why Buffy is getting so fucking bent out of shape about this exactly and it comes together in only a couple of scenes yeah. from now and i actually wrote down in my notes for this scene you know i'm pretty sure there's something going on that buffy is not discussing people like we have many times said in this podcast that never like, happens you, you need to fucking talk about shit going on in your yeah, life nobody ever withholds information in this show so they're all laying on the floor giggling and smiling in um you know a big old triangle of love and dildos or I didn't see any dildos oh, i'm sorry fully clothed mathematical triangles yes that's the one <laughs> excuse me they're all giggling and smiling having a grand old time until foot stomper mcgee old buffy comes in and instantly embodies all the worst parts of joyce yeah she's you'd think with all the shit she went through with her mom and when her, especially first season, mm -hmm. with how overbearing Joyce had gotten, like, she would be able to check that. Yeah. Like, that's how being raised should work. You should not repeat what your parents do to you. And yet it's the opposite, it seems. I, for a lot of people, it does seem to be the case. Yeah. I seem to always hear reports of people going, man, I turned into my mom or my dad immediately as soon as I moved out and got married. And see, like, I, I am a lot like my dad, but pretty much the good ways. I'm a lot like my dad in the good ways. I'm luckily not much like my mom. I'll have to take your word for it. So she's like, you're supposed to be doing your homework. Don't lie to me. And uh, Willow tries to back up Dawn by explaining that 
people learn better with visual interactive stimuli, which is completely true. But for whatever brainwashy garbage reason, Buffy won't budge an inch on the matter. Or, you know, for some other reason that she's not disclosing. Yeah. Makes Dawn get her stuff. Buffy explains that she's more than stressed. She's freaked out, which is 100% accurate to her behavior here because she's just freaking out. There's no logic, it seems. And I'm like, damn, Buffy, you're traumatizing everyone here. But particularly, you're traumatizing the fuck out of Dawn, who's still standing directly right there. Specifically, yes. And Willa tries to talk Buffy into going to the World Culture Fair with her and Tara and bring Dawn. And, you know, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be educational. Everybody will have a good time. Hooray! And Buffy's like, this is a direct quote, I can't do it, Will. Don't worry. It's not like I don't have a life. I do. I have Dawn's life. Yeah. Oh, cringy as fuck. I'm like, you do not own the girl. Yeah. That's, like, worse than Joyce ever was. Yeah. You took the worst parts of Joyce yeah. and you made them worse. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, that, was, I, that I made to, me want to... I had to, to take st- a moment. Made me yeah. want to stop watching the show. God damn. So Buffy's officially flipped her shit here. Luckily, it doesn't get dragged out. Yeah. It's just that one moment. So we cut to Glory's lair. Yep. Um... And it's just a short a short little bit that Glory thinks she knows who the key is. And she does say her in reference to the key. So, you know, hinting that maybe she does know who the key is. My first guess was that she was going to go for Willow because I did not remember any how the rest of this goes down at all. Um, I remembered a little <laughs> bit of it. Um, I did not actually, before Buffy divulges why she's all bent out of shape, I didn't remember that. So like I when I for the last scene when I wrote down okay what does Buffy know that she's not telling anybody mm. I didn't actually know what she knew at that moment oh yeah um, but I did I did remember that uh, something bad happened to Tara yeah see and I didn't really remember that either but I however don't remember what the fuck happens to get Tara back to like get her sanity back so me like, either that's that's it's gonna, gonna be, be a fun an adventure. Trip. Yeah, it'll be an adventure. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm really thankful for this episode because someone said something to me online or to our Twitter account. And I think it was Geraint saying that uh, Glory was introduced too soon. Yes. And peaked too soon because up until this episode, it's felt like she's just got nothing to do, but they still need to kind of keep her storyline inching forward. I, I have notes on that. And kind of a want to discuss that at the end. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. I have very specific things to say on that regard. Good. So we'll come back to that. Anyway, she fucks off to go get um, the key with her minions. Cut to Tara and Willow's dorm. Frankly, it's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Putrefying diseases. It'll make you blind and insane, but it won't kill you. Light a bunch of candles and have sex near them. This is how I like it. Cut to Tara and Willow's dorm. (sighs) This fucking conversation. God, this scene. Okay. So uh, let me just catch us up 
real quick. Bre- so. Break down what actually happens in the scene, and then, then yeah. Sure. Willow, I have a lot to say. Yeah, uh, we both will. Willow agrees that Buffy is going to smother Dawn and make her more rebellious if she keeps going on like this. Tara takes Buffy's side because she had to take care of her brothers when her mom died. Mm-hmm. Willow snaps back at her. Yeah, I know that. And holy fuck on a silver platter, does shit ever hit the fan one line at a time here. Tara tries to be sensitive and apologize, even though Willow urges her to forget it. But Tara doesn't want to repeat the offense, so insists on Willow telling her what's up. Tara guesses correctly that Willow perceives her acting like the big knowledge woman, quote unquote, and she manages to pull it out of Willow that she feels like that Willow f- says she feels like the junior partner of the relationship because Tara has been out as gay longer and practicing witchcraft way longer. Yeah. And Tara readily admits that Willow is way ahead of her and is frighteningly powerful. Oops, bad choice of words. So now everybody prepare for this mashup of Willow's insecurities and powers of projection as she blows up at Tara, suggesting that she doesn't trust her. And when she tries to explain that she doesn't know where she'll fit into her life when, and likely trying to explain when Willow laps her completely in regards to witchcraft, but Willow jumps up to the projection board as she starts shoving words hand over fist into Tara's mouth. And she says, (laughs) she says, when I get over my lesbian phase and go back to boys town, you think that? And Tara's like, uh, should I? And we we finish the scene with Willow saying, I'm really sorry that I didn't establish my lesbo street cred before I got into this relationship. You're the only woman I've ever fallen in love with. So how on earth could you ever take me seriously? So this whole scene, three main points. One point in the very beginning of it, when the disagreement is triggered, it's triggered because... Tara said something that Willow didn't like. Yep. And then, to to quote Tara here, when she tries to get Willow to open up and tell her what she said that was wrong, she says, and she's trying to be a little lighthearted about it, she says, no, please, I mean, tell me if I said something wrong, otherwise I'll say it again, probably often and in public. Yeah. And this... This sets the the first bit of problem in what's going on with their relationship. And that is Willow is not being fucking open with Tara about her feelings. And this whole bit here is case in point because Tara obviously said something that upset Willow a little bit and she didn't express her upset and they didn't discuss what Tara said that upset Willow and vice versa. Yeah, Tara kind of opened Pandora's box by pushing the issue and actually getting technically what she wanted out of yeah. Willow, but Willow was not ready to divulge this information. And I think that is partially on Tara. Willow made it very clear she did not want to talk about this, and that is <laughs> something that I identify with a lot. Don't force people to say things they're not ready to say. Right. But in, in that same line, if you're not ready to talk about it, you also shouldn't be continuing to be mad about it. Like where you have a circumstance where if you have a disagreement between two people 
and one person is mad about something that the other person did, but is unwilling to discuss the thing that they're mad about. Well, I don't think she... Right. I think she was ready to move on and not be mad about it, but then Tara kept pushing the issue. I think the other issue here, though, is that, like, you can't have a mature intimate relationship without like speaking on these sorts of things and without and, like, being at a higher level of willingness to have that openness of right. communication and specifically having that level of vulnerability in what your emotional state is sure and they what this whole argument shows is that they don't have that yeah or at least if they do it's one directional and it's Tara's vulnerability to Willow but Willow not being very vulnerable to Tara. Yeah, and that was another point uh I wanted to bring up as well cuz cuz when she says do you think that and Tara responds should I? That can be looked at two different ways. I'm not sure if Tara was actually thinking that or if she wasn't it frankly doesn't matter. Because I think she should think that now. Right. And if she was thinking it before, Willow definitely just fueled her anxiety about it and in general about trying to communicate openly whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, basically, Tara in this circumstance very well tried to engage with the emotional tur turbulence within their relationship. And then Willow just outright fucking punished her for it. Yeah. And... That's not how you have a healthy relationship, for fuck's sake. Yeah. If someone expresses vulnerability and upset and concern for your emotional vulnerability, you don't respond to that with volatility. Yeah. Like, that's that's just not how you have a healthy fucking relationship. I agree. But, you know, they're young. It's a teen drama. Yeah. It's a great yeah. source of conflict. What can I say? Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on in the in this scene is they kind of talk about how the problem of Willow having things to say about how Buffy is interacting with Dawn and Tara's stance is not quite to the extent, but kind of hinting of, of the line of like, oh, you haven't been in this situation. You don't know. Now, granted, Tara understands Buffy's situation a little better so she might have a little better insight but that doesn't negate the things that Willow is saying to quote one of my favorite stand-up comedians Stephen Hofstetter I've never flown a helicopter but if I saw one in a tree I'd be like dude fucked up not supposed to be there that's pilot error <laughs> <laughs> and that you know it kind of kind of comes with how like People who don't have kids can see how other people are interacting with their kids badly. Like we like I don't have kids, but I can I know a bad parent when I see one. And I think Willow is not the least bit wrong in the circumstance here where she's seeing that Buffy is being a bad guardian to Dawn right now. It may be understandable because of the emotional issues that Buffy is dealing with. But that doesn't change that Buffy is doing a bad thing. We all have trauma in our lives that could be attributed to somebody who was just going through a bad time. But that doesn't change the trauma that has been caused to us. You know, I agree with everything you just said, except the thing about the helicopter. That could have easily been a mechanical failure completely outside of that pilot's control. Potentially. <laughs> but, like, you still know that, like, it's not supposed to be there. 
you can still see that something's wrong with the situation. Something's wrong. Absolutely. You, you may not know the nuance of the situation, but you can tell that, hey, something's wrong with that situation. Yeah. And that's really what Will, what Willow's saying here is like, sh- sure, she doesn't understand fully what's going on with, with Buffy and she can't know that. But she can know that something's not right with how this interaction is happening. So I don't think that Willow's wrong on that count. All that being said. All right. Yeah. They, they need to have a healthy conversation about their fucking relationship for fuck's sake. With that addendum. Now I agree with everything you've said. So uh, cut to Buffy's house where the goons are spying through Buffy's window as Buffy has a conversation with Don where she very condescendingly says that she'll put together a list of tasks for Don and she can check it off when completed. What's that? You want gold stars? Okay, fine. You can have gold stars. And I'm like, she's not five. I, I legitimately had flashbacks from my childhood. Of my parents trying to get me to better be a better student. God, I can only imagine. and like the, the idea of like, oh, let's do a whiteboard. Let's make a list. Your let's parents do actually this. tried to make you a better student. That's cute. Oh yeah, they, they tried. <laughs> they, no, no, keep in mind, it was they tried and they essentially tried to force me to take responsibility for being a bad student. Right. Not get me the help I needed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Dawn doesn't want gold stars. She wants Buffy to stop being a cranky douchebag. Yeah. Also, she wants to tell school to go fuck itself completely. Why should she care? She's not real. The monks put K through eight in her head. Why not nine? And, you know, that's kind of a good point. Like, <laughs> Yeah. How the hell do you argue with that kind of a teenager? Like... Hey, maybe they could have at least made her a senior. <laughs> you know, give her only the fun year of, of high school. Yeah. You can totally fuck off your whole senior year. They don't yeah. give a shit. Uh, well, here's how you argue with that kind of a teenager. Buffy drops the bomb that if she can't get Dawn to go to school, she'll be determined an unfit legal guardian and Dawn could be taken away from her. This gets Dawn to listen a little more and seemingly a little better. Almost as if maybe, maybe if Buffy had had a heart to heart with her immediately after leaving the principal's office of like, hey, <laughs> this is a bad situation and like we need to work on this. We because, need to work on this together. Yeah. And have some fucking empathy. Or I'm, you know what? I'm just going to stomp around and act like a dick instead, instead of telling you the truth. That's a good plan. That's a much better plan, Buffy. Totally on board here. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? And then on top of that, it's all entirely unrealistic for her to even be scared. Well, it's it's realistic for her to be scared of this, but it's not realistic that it could actually happen. Um, it's They're miles away from that turning point. It takes a whole fuckload of horse cockery for that to happen. And by the time it legally could happen, Dawn would be old enough that she can drop out and get her GED anyway. Um, yeah, depending on depending on state law, I think uh, I think in Michigan right now, if you are over the age of sixteen, you can drop out of school. Like, over the age of sixteen, yeah, yeah, in, that sounds in about Michigan. Right. I don't know what it would be in California, California, nor you know, twenty fucking years ago. I'm sure it's similar. But, um, and um, a, a lot of states, like if you sixteen, seventeen, if you 
choose to. You can drop out of school. Right. In order for them to accelerate her being taken out of the home, otherwise Buffy would have to like be completely financially incompetent. Yeah. Um, like getting CPS to take children out of homes that desperately need to be taken out of the homes is very fucking time consuming and difficult. Right. Yeah. She would have to like turn that place into a crack house with no beds and constantly an influx of shady characters coming in and out. Well, I mean, she does let a vampire babysit her occasionally. Yeah. And but we he, don't really can bite her. We don't really know Giles's history. Oh, yeah. Try <laughs> explaining that to CPS. I mean, I'm he sure is an undead evil creature, but he's neutered. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she used to have a crush on him, for Christ's sake. Uh, What's the problem? So, yeah, uh, Don closes the scene out with, you could have told me that, which good fucking point, Don. Excellent point. And then the relatively problematic response from Buffy well, I just did. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're completely skirting around the point. You should have said it earlier. Anyway, moving along. But at that point, it's said and done. All you can do is move on. Yeah. At least she knows the truth now. I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Mom, I can stand in the hallway, right? My friend Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. And then from here, we cut to a short little sad piano montage. Yes. Also pandas. There were pandas everywhere, and they were so sad. And all this. Pandas? Hmm? I didn't see any pandas. I saw lots of pandas. One looked just like Willow. One looked just like Tara. Oh, sad panda. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I see where you went. Got it. <laughs> and I was not keeping up with you. I know. First world problems montage. <laughs> all I could think was, gosh, Willow. I'd kill to have a nice cozy beanbag section of a magic shop <laughs> to run off to when I'm sad. Right. I'm so sorry. Fucking cozy as hell, man. It really did. And she's got friends in the other yeah. room. Yeah, and she's got sympathy right there at Easy Grass exactly. within Easy Grass. But who the fuck does Tara have? And, Nobody. And a, she's alone on a bench. <laughs> and you know Giles would take care of any of them financially if he had to. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. Anyway, sad is sad, and Willow and Tara are super sad that Willow's being ridiculous and a bad person. <clears throat> um, so we see Tara's hand on the bench as a gentle, loving hand slips its fingers in between hers. And fuck me, it's glory. Yeah. Turns out. Glory thinks that Tara is the key. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic commercial break. Cut back to the magic box. Yeah. So apparently part of owning the magic box is that Giles is going to struggle with petrified hamsters. Yeah. He's just got all these petrified hamsters and people keep wanting them. So the demand is high, but then they return them. And then they're like, they're just never satisfied with their petrified. This hamsters. petrified hamster is too petrified. I wanted my petrified hamster over medium. <laughs> God damn it. This one's over well and it's dry. Mine's supposed to be a little bit squishy. <laughs> I can't even smell it. <laughs> what kind of a oh kind of a fucking dead hamster peddler are you? <laughs> no odor? What do you think the f this thing's supposed to be flammable? There's no fumes. It's just fur. Nobody likes burnt hair. 
You know damn well nobody buys petrified hamsters for them to not have a stink. <laughs> I gave it to my dog. Dog was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this hamster is so petrified. How petrified is it? Well, it's dead, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. So... I want I kind of want to know. I want to look at the books. How many petrified <laughs> hamsters has Giles sold? Or is he just constantly selling the one petrified hamster? Well, he was opening a box and he was not sure if it was a return or not. So I feel like otherwise he's delighted yeah. by petrified hamsters. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I can't wait to stock up on my petrified hamsters." And uh, he notices that uh, Willow is sad. Yeah. Based on her obvious and contagious good mood. Yes. Sarcastically, though. Yes. Because she's not at all. No. And oh, we, we got all the good sarcasm from Giles this episode. Oh, he's full of it. Giles yeah. is on fucking point. He ate his Wheaties, but probably did not actually eat Wheaties. Because right. wheat seems to really just cause inflammation, and that's not good for anything <laughs> or anyone. I mean, not it does nowadays. Everybody. It probably didn't then. Right. And it doesn't do that for everybody. Like, I'm fine with wheat. Good to know, I doesn't guess. doesn't bother me. That makes sense. Um, so it doesn't take him long to give her some golden dad advice. <laughs> yeah, this too shall pass. And that's the golden advice. Yeah, that the, the quarrel is now over, and they can soon get over it, and they can fight without it being the end of the world. Giles casually opens the back door to the shop, and demon dude Sluke trips inside, and Giles doesn't miss a fucking beat. He's still casually saying, as they say, this too, bonks the fucker in the head with the door, <laughs> shall Casual, pass. just a, an everyday casual concussion. It's fine. Bonks him in the face with the door, shall pass. And Giles drags him to a chair in the next room and starts to get very scary. Hi, Ripper. Very quickly. Hi, Ripper. I don't see. My theory is he's never not Ripper. You know, I totally agree with that. But it, we just get to see Ripper. It's sometimes. really nice to see the mask go away. Yeah. I love this next bit here, though, because he so he's standing over Sluke and Sluke's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. And I did like his line where he's like, actually, you're talking quite a lot, just not about the right thing. <laughs> um, But he. Standing over Sluke, turns to Willow and Anya and says, Girls, get that twine over on the desk. Let's tie him up. And they turn around and we hear a crack. Like the, the camera hasn't gone off Willow and Anya. They turn around. We hear a crack and it cuts back to, to Giles standing over him. And like they haven't moved at all. But Sluke is all about telling him everything. We have no idea what Ripper did. I don't recall hearing a crack. Yeah, you actually hear like like a like a cracking knuckles kind of sound. Okay, that's funny because I thought the gag was that he was just such a little wuss that he was scared of even being tied up. No, Giles fucking did something to him. I don't know what. I hope so. I don't know what. That's but more it, fun. Yeah. That he just quickly snapped his finger or something. Yeah, so the Sluke quickly divulges that he's supposed to watch over the rest of the Scooby gang while, well, him and other minions are watching over the rest of the Scooby gang while Glory collects the key, who happens to be Tara and not Don. Yeah, and these guys have 
no poker face whatsoever. No. They're like, oh, shit. He adds, Glorificus will find the witch, and there's nothing you can do to stop her. And they're like, oh, thank God. I mean, shit. Well, he doesn't mean Dawn, but shit. She's got Terra. And so Willow runs off to check the fair and tells them to call Buffy and check Terra's room. Yeah. I really hope next episode, or from here on out, this minion is just gone. <laughs> like, I, I just hope he disappears. Right? We never, we never see him again. We never find out what happened to him. He's just gone. Or that and they still have him. No, I, I just want like that that to be the, the scene he shows up in and he's never seen again. We ne- we have It's a complete left open. What did Giles do with the minion? I dare say those minions are such a bother. I couldn't possibly deal with him a moment longer. I just I, I think that would be fun. <laughs> it's no fuss whatsoever. I took care of him. Exactly. <laughs> no, I want him to actively become Giles's servant for the rest of the show. Uh, I couldn't deal with his constant toadying. Yeah, it'd be annoying as fuck. No, just once every three or four episodes, Giles opens a door and we see him tied up to a chair. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the way up to the last episode. <laughs> In the last episode, when the Hellmouth explodes, we get one shot of a closet with the minion tied to a chair. And I'm to- coming to you, Glorificus! <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, man, she died like two seasons ago. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Sorry. Uh, so we come to the fair where Glory is uh, talking to Tara, uh, crushes her hand, and it bleeds. Fucking owl. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell... If she did, she really just squeeze it so fucking hard that it bled. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's what they were implying. I'm the guessing. transcript said that she dug her nails in, but I didn't see any nails. No, it didn't look like that. I mean, obviously they were just squeezing a fucking blood packet between their hands. But sure, you know, let's not. <laughs> it was also just a terrible blood effect. Eh. I mean, God, if you had your hand crushed that hard, well, she's a god. It's like, man, it's like it's going through a fucking machine in a factory or yeah. something. Anyway, so. Oh, God, that, the idea of getting my hand crushed like that is just fucking unnerving. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, impressed that Tara was able to not make any noise when that happened. Yeah, because basically, and she starts to at first, but then Glory's basically going, look, if you make a sound, I'm going to kill them and them and them and they're going to die. And that those the, those people over there are definitely going to die. You get a death. You get a death. Everyone gets a <laughs> that death. That one I'm going to kill because look at that hat. That's an ugly hat. And it's all going to be your fault, Tara. <laughs> and at some point, she's like, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a key? <laughs> Pop. Ew, huh? you're not the key. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> if she can taste the key's blood, just walk around town, literally. Just like, taste everybody's blood. Yeah. Yeah, but if it tastes that bad, eh, she's too lazy for all that. Uh, yeah, she can make her minions, you know, do the actual footwork first. So she would have found the key a long fucking time ago if she wasn't so fucking lazy, though. Yeah. Because she's a god. That's kind of <laughs> my main point that I was thinking about when I'm thinking about the, the criticism that she was introduced too early. Yeah. It's like, this really could have happened several episodes ago. Yeah. But... I agree that it would have been too soon, so really she was introduced too soon. Oh, well. I don't know. And whatever. So, Glory spits out Tara's blood. 
then starts threatening her with all kinds of torture to get her to spill it on who the real key is. Tara's a huge trooper and doesn't break, but Gloria's... Yeah, fuck yeah, goddamn. Gloria's description of the type of insanity that she causes when feeding is pretty fucking intense and definitely gets to Tara. I mean, she lost me at small dark room and shit crawling into your ears. (laughs) It's dawn! Oh god, just leave me alone! It's dawn! (laughs) But actually, I thought for a moment that maybe she'd try to mislead her and say, it's Willow. Thinking that, well, she won't find Willow not near Buffy. Or maybe Willow can take better care of herself than I can, or something or other. I don't know. I don't think you could have the wherewithal to lie. I think you would ha- if if you had the character to not te- say anything, that's one thing. But the wherewithal to not divulge the truth, then make something up. Yeah, Glory probably would have like, seen right through, yeah, through it anyway. That's I couldn't imagine that that could actually work out. But uh, so Willow runs toward them chanting some some kind of mantra or spell and she sees Glory stick her fingers inside Tara's head and we see that telltale glow and we know that she's actually fucking feeding on Tara's brain and man I thought Willow was going to like get there just in the nick of time to sticking her fingers in going (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's the one. So, but yeah, Willow. Her head was full of macaroni. Willow can't get through the crowd fast enough. Finally breaks through, but after Gloria's already left and took Tara's sanity with her. And we know that uh, she didn't get there in time to save Tara because Tara starts freaking out about being dirty and uh, she's not herself. Telltale sign of being super crazy after Glory's uh, fed on you. Willow holds Tara and screams, I'm sorry, repeatedly. Cut to the hospital. Yep. We cut to the hospital uh, where Willow, Anya, Tara, Xander, and Giles are all there. Yes, pretty much everybody um, except for Buffy. And Don. And Don. And Spike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those Spike, people are there. Spike isn't Scooby Gang yet, though. Well, he's pretty fucking close. Yeah. But anyway, Don, uh, the doctor is telling Willow that Tara will have to stay overnight for observation. Um, there's no way the doctor would be like, yeah, your whole fucking friend group and this old man can stay in this room while I talk to you, who are obviously her sister about her medical state that that's totally how HIPAA works <laughs> yep definitely exactly um and also why in the hell ben's direct supervisor as a nurse was an active doctor makes no sense yeah. to me no shit seems more like an hr issue <laughs> um or like there'd be some sort of nursing supervisor to fire ben uh, we only want to pay one dude this episode to be a doctor exactly <laughs> so anyway he wants to keep Tara overnight for observation in the psych ward uh, Giles, Xander, and Anya are there to sympathize about the ordeal Xander's words uh, are failing him on how despicable he finds this hospital Giles is super British as per usual yep. it's dreadful and Anya Quiet. of course is still stuck on 
sucking capitalism's dick. It's like communism. <laughs> so Buffy shows up. Yeah, she she's sorry that she couldn't have gotten there sooner. She had to take care of Dawn. She apparently decided to leave Dawn with Spike. Because, you yeah. know, that, I mean... Well, hey, Spike already got kidnapped, so he's... Uh, yeah. They're, they're not going to go after Spike next. I mean, yeah, okay, Spike has proven himself to be properly protective of Dawn. True, yeah. But still, way to ignore what happened last fucking episode. What happened last episode? Buffy bot. That wasn't last. Oh, that was the last episode. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> well, and then she kissed him, so yeah. they're cool now. Yeah, they're it's all cool. It's fine. Uh, then we actually cut to Spike's, or a cave under Spike's lair, I guess. Yeah. Some cave somewhere. Someplace with Spike. Um, it's creepy looking. Spike's actually still healing from the torture. Wasn't it was Not very pretty, well. He's still got no, some monster no. black eyes. Yeah, he was, it was pretty decent makeup, actually, I thought. Yeah. It looked like it hurt. Yeah, seriously. Dawn starts to blame herself for everything that's happened to Tara and Spike. She thinks she's evil. And Spike takes a really respectable whack at being supportive and comforting. Well, her whole fucking point is that if Dawn wasn't there, then, you know, this wouldn't have happened to Tara. Which, like, you can fucking... Blame yourself for that, Don. You didn't... The monks made that. You can blame the monks. They. She should be blaming the monks. It's the monks' fault that this is happening. Yeah. Like, that's that's totally fair to blame the monks. That is, It is their direct fault. It is not your fault. I mean... I don't know that it was their fault, but it was their doing. Right. I, right. Mean, I mean... Lots of worse things mm. could have happened... Yeah. Like they were, they did the best that they could. You're trying to thwart an evil god. Yeah. Your options are limited. There's going to be some collateral damage. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, But the last couple of lines in this scene, Dawn says, maybe I'm not evil, but I don't think I can be good. Spike's line, one of the, one of my quotes of the day. I don't know that I agree with his line very well, but uh, well, I'm not good and I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah, okay, has a really uh, wide possibility of interpretation there. Yeah. I mean, evil and good are all in the eye of the beholder anyway. Yeah, definitely. You know, nobody, I saw Despicable Me. What, how's it said? Nobody nobody thinks themselves to be the bad guy. Oh, Everyone's yeah. the hero in their own story. Exactly. Um, villains never know that they're evil. Right. I think some of them do. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that. So cut to the hospital. Yep. Cut to the hospital with the nurse taking Tara away. Anya lets slip that she wants to bang Willow, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It must have been one of them. They're Freudian slips. Yeah, I I know a Freudian slip. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because Willow says she doesn't think she can sleep without Tara. Anya, of course, the good friend that she is, offers to sleep with her instead. Yeah. And everyone takes an obligatory awkward pause. <laughs> and Anya says, and this is one of my quotes of the day. Well, now that came out a lot more lesbian than it sounded in my head. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you learn something about yourself every day, Anya. There's nothing wrong with that. Good for you. That makes me think of that fucking joke. 
I forget the com- the Ron com- White. Yeah, Ron White. <laughs> that fucking joke. I did not know that about myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically, his conservative friend who thinks he's not gay at all, and he says, "So when you watch porn, <laughs> do you like to only watch ladies?" He says, "Ah, uh, no, I do on occasion like to watch a man with a woman when I watch porn." All right. So do you like to watch him with a flaccid cock? Well, hell no. I like a big, hard cock. I did not know that about myself. <laughs> exactly. It's. I'm not a particularly uh, much of a fan of Ron White, but that whole bit is fucking gold. Yeah, no, that that whole stand-up routine, I think, is fucking gold. And it, I love to brag that it was filmed right here in Kalamazoo at the State oh, Theater. Oh, you're right, it was. Yes, I, for, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. Uh, the next one he did after that, frankly, wasn't as funny, and it was somewhere else, and that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Kalamazoo's just a funny fucking city. Because it has a funny name. You know, Which I'd like a, to say it's because of it has a funny name, but... That's a really racist thing to say, actually. We're all laughing. Everyone, like, it's a funny place. We're all laughing. But it's not from humor. It's... <laughs> We're laughing because we, we just got nothing left. I, I, I laugh because there's pain. Oy. But yeah, uh, basically, Willow, at this point, starts to storm out. She wants fucking vengeance like you, you should in this sort of circumstance, honestly. Yeah. Um, especially if you are a person of power. I, like, I totally fucking recognize that, that like, if you are a person who has power the the exact right emotion that you would likely have in this circumstance is like well if i have power i'm going to fucking use it mm-hmm. and get vengeance good plan yeah yeah so there sure as shit is something she can do about it but first she has to argue with buffy yeah who tries to reason with her but for some half-cocked reason willow seems to think she's got some kind of a chance at defeating glory uh finally willow agrees to wait then yeah. walks away, and as Buffy asks if she can do anything for her, just says to leave her alone. You know, just like that last episode of Angel. And like, where for Cordelia f- wanted everybody to oh, leave right. her alone. And like, for fuck's sake, Buffy, do you really believe this? Do you really believe that she would let you win this argument so fucking easily? Apparently, Come she on. does, in fact, believe that. Because she's Buffy, the Vumper Slayer. I, this character is smarter than this, and I think they're underwriting her. I think this is... You think Buffy's smarter than that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's an interesting hot take. I also think that this is more foreshadowing, not just on Willow's problems with magic, but um, we've seen her lie on multiple occasions. Well, yeah. She's good at lying, and this is evidence of that. There is... There, I will give that there's definitely an angle here. Willow uses her past as an a very innocent kind of awkward person. She uses that to her advantage. Mm-hmm. She she leverages that so that people underestimate her. And That's legit. like this this is one of those times where she is definitely doing that. Yep. So I will give that. But Come on, Buffy's been around enough to know, like, there's no way I buy that this character would be like, okay, yeah, Will's going to totally listen to me. She's never disobeyed me before. 
Well, I mean, my first thought was, oh, she's definitely going to go fuck with Glory now. Um, But I think Buffy's just too distracted. I didn't find it completely. That I could buy. Yeah, I I didn't find it completely outside of the field of possibility. And then we cut to the magic box (laughs) where she completely undermines Buffy and goes after Glory anyway. Hooray. Okay, okay. okay. Can can we just mention at least for the fact that she goes up to the the forbidden uh dangerous books loft which you know should be under lock and key but that's another conversation eh, whatever uh but she she pulls out <laughs> she pulls out this book that is literally titled darkest magic darkest magic <laughs> i had to pause and laugh for a good while not just dark magic like my favorite part was that it was spelled with a k right ck which I believe is the the British spelling, but it's just the darkest magic. Who the fuck titles their their fucking big magic tome the darkest magic? People that didn't have a whole lot to compete with. No, th- this this to me sounds like somebody who uh, made a book in their D and D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write a book. It's the darkest magic. Fine by me. Hey, it got the job done. It was what she needed. Yeah, kind of. I mean. Probably wasn't intended to be used on a whim against a god. Yeah. But she breaks open its hasp with one of the weapons that she also took, and a mysterious wind from nowhere blows the book open and rifles the pages eerily. God, Giles should really get that window fixed. Right? Or the book. I That too. Well, maybe that was why the hasp was on it. But hey, if you don't have a fan in the summertime, you can just open the book. Yeah. That's and pretty good. There you go. That's I'm already misusing dark magic. Damn. <laughs> That's how it gets you, man. I know. That's it, how it gets you. It draws you in with the air conditioning. It got me. It got me already. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, there was um, a kitty. She was very little and she was all alone and nobody wanted her. Did the kitty get chosen by some nice people? Well, now you ruin the ending. Cut to Glory's lair. Yeah, where Glory is gloating to her minions. And it's like, for fuck's sake, you haven't gotten the key yet. Why are you gloating? Yeah. Hey, well, I finally figured out that I only have to burn through the extremely finite number of people that are close to Buffy to find the key. And voila! Something she should have fucking figured out a season ago, practically. Yeah. And uh, then the place starts to shudder dramatically. And uh, this fucking line from Glory. It was so cheesy, (laughs) I had to give it a quote of the day. Did anybody order an apocalypse? (laughs) Get it? Like, somebody knocks on the door. Did somebody order a pizza? Yeah. It's like the exact same thing. And that's the second time we've had... A play on other common phrases in this episode. So anyway, uh, it is in fact, however, not an apocalypse. Next best thing, it's Dark Willow. Yeah, in levitates Dark Willow. I nearly just spit all over my fucking microphone. I noticed. I'm glad you appreciated Dark Willow's theme music. The fucking hamster dance. dance. (laughs) I don't think there's a thing in existence that could 
date us so effectively as the fucking hamster dance. I'm sorry, it was the petrified hamster dance. <laughs> baby (laughs) (laughs) it's the episode title oh that's a petrified hamster (laughs) so um petrified hamster dance willow or dark willow owes glory some pain yeah i owe you pain are you a god (laughs) well no in that case pain that kind of pain in the form of lightning a la Gozer, and it's not even raining. But she yeah. is levitating with black fucking eyes. Right? Like, fuck a doodle do, bro. And she actually does cause Glory some pain in this scene. A little bit, yeah. And you know what? Seems- Everything else aside, that's a win. Yeah. She's a fucking god. Yeah, she seems <laughs> like, to come out of the gate kind of rocking her shit. And I yeah. had some hope that she was going to do some real damage. Yeah. But no, because we cut back to Spike's lair. Dawn continues to blame herself for everything. Right. While Buffy now comforts her, it takes two fucking people yeah. with superpowers to comfort this girl out of blaming herself for everything. And uh, Dawn asks how Willow is, and Buffy tells her uh, what what happened. But that she's fine now. She was going to go all paybacky, quote unquote, with Glory. But Buffy Slayer explains to her that that was a bad idea. Uh, in chiming Spike, in his infinite wisdom, yes, points out that that's fucking stupid. Yeah, I love the way he says it. So you're saying that a powerful and mighty pissed off witch was planning on going and spilling herself a few pints of god blood until you, what, explained? Slayer explained, <laughs> and then Buffy, you, I told Willow it would be suicide. And then th- this is the actual quote of the day, uh, mostly on the delivery from James Marsters. Yeah. I'd do it. I'd do it. <laughs> right person. Person I loved. I'd do it. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. Right? Yeah. It, and I was like, yeah, me too. I would. Oh, God. In, <laughs> in a fucking heartbeat. Mm-hmm. In a fucking heartbeat. I've done th- dumb things for less reason. <laughs> right? <laughs> Haven't we all? But th- this is one of those moments where it's like, it reminds me why I love Spike as a character so much, because like, I'm hard pressed to think of another character on this show that portrays passion the- to the degree that Spike does. Mm-hmm. Before he became a vampire, he was a passionate person. Yeah. I- especially in a world that did not appreciate that. And then when he became a vampire, like that passion went all dark and evil and now that he's been neutered he's still like he's kind of coming back to the middle and he's still dealing with all that passion and this was the moment where it finally made it click in my head like how he can be feeling feelings about Buffy despite not having a soul and it's because he's still a creature of passion yeah yeah makes sense definitely food for thought there cut back to Glory's Lair where Willow's trying all kinds of things. She sets up a force field, uh, shatters a mirror. I don't know what she was really trying to accomplish with that. Throws a bag of knives at her. I, I liked the exchange, though, because uh, the the bag like comes over and then opens up, and uh, Glory's like, what's this? A bag of tricks? 
when I was like, no, a pack of knives. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Glory blocks every single knife, and Willow conjures a carpet snake, which Glory quickly makes go poof, just by kind of shaking her leg. Well, it's very obvious that Willow, Willow had a lot of promise here, but she came out sprinting. She didn't prepare herself for the fucking long run that would be having to fight a god. She ran out of hard hitters real quick. Yeah. And Glory, of course, taunts her about how great it was feeding on Terra. And Glory tries to stab Willow with one of her own knives, but Buffy catches her arm and saves Willow just in the nick of time. Yeah. Uh, They exchange a few blows, and uh, then they fuck off. Willow blocks Glory from chasing them with one last barrier spell. It's very obvious that if the fight had gone on any longer, Buffy had no chance. Oh, yeah. Honestly. And she's known that all season. Yeah. And the only reason that... Buffy got Willow out is that that moment of surprise. Moment of surprise and the barrier spell yeah. stalled her just long enough. Yep. Cut back to someone's bedroom, probably I, Tara's. I, yeah, I think it's Tara's. It's the next day. She's out of the hospital. Tara, Dawn, Willow, and Buffy are here, mm-hmm. and they're like getting sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Dawn eats peanut butter and salami sandwiches. Oh, I've heard of worse things. I mean... So have I, but that just bothers me. <laughs> god, peanut butter sounds so good right now. Oh my god, I've been hungry since before we started this episode. So Buffy brought some bagged lunches, Willow feeds Tara some applesauce, and keeps calling her her girl. It was sweet, but a little weird. It was almost like she was a dog oh. in a way. Um, she seems strangely at peace with the idea of caring for her forever now, and it seems a little too soon for that. I would have expected Willow to be much more distraught by Tara's state this I, early. I think that Willow in this at this point is completely compartmentalizing her emotions and not basically shut herself emotionally speaking, shut herself down. And she's just trying to be happy that she yeah. has Tara back. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that what she's currently doing is remotely sustainable. No, not at all. But Buffy tries to offer help and like, what do you need? How can I help? And Dawn wants to help feed her. And so she's got a good support network, at least. That's something. Yeah. But then the entire fucking wall crumbles to the ground and Glory stands there at the remains of a window. Tara starts to freak out like you do, whether you're crazy or not. Mm-hmm. Dawn tries to calm her down. Oops, bad decision, Dawn. Because Tara's attention then turns from Glory to Dawn. And insane Tara admires the pretty and pure light that is the key. Yeah. Glory notices this. Excellent fucking foreshadowing at this moment, though. Yeah. Like, because up in, up until it happened... I had completely forgotten about that fact. But it happened enough times in previous episodes exactly. that we didn't question what was going on exactly. for a moment. Exactly, It was genius. And, yeah. Well, that's all, folks. Yeah. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Gur-arg. Gur-fucking-arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Goddamn cliffhanger. But yeah. it didn't say to be continued. 
which I thought was interesting. But I mean, it's a serialized drama. Yeah. They're all to be continued. How about we talk about how we felt about this particular episode, and then we talk about the glory arc on a whole. Sure. I probably don't actually have much to say about the glory arc on a whole that I haven't already said. So I have a few things. I thought this was a pretty good episode. I thought it was going to turn out to be another nothing episode where Glory runs around and does some bullshit with her minions and nothing comes of it. Yeah. And it's all just about the Scoobies struggles. And then some shit went down. Yeah. And I was glad for some shit to go down. Yeah. About fucking time on that, Mark. Yeah. Overall, yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was a really well done episode. Like it was fucking solid. Kept me going through the whole thing. There was there wasn't really any moments that we hit that that slog, you know. Yeah, and I wouldn't say there's a lot of character growth, but there's a a lot of character development, a lot of movement happening. I w- I would call it character presentation because like there wasn't so much character development as much as it was showcasing the work they've done on these characters in previous episodes, and we get kind of a payoff of of that work. Because, like, we get to see that Tara has grown and become a strong-willed individual to be able to stand up to the fucking torture that Glory puts her through. Yeah. And then we get to see some craziness fucking Dark Willow shit. And we start to see the downfall of Willow, who we always thought was such a pillar and a well-adjusted person... Uh, but we know that she had some self-confidence issues, and now we're really seeing her communication problems, and uh, we're seeing her in a much longer-lasting intimate relationship than she had with Oz. And it's it's definitely setting us up for a, a lot of character growth and seeing the whole gritty, yeah. difficult process of that. So when I say development yeah. instead of growth, I mean... It's got to get worse before it can get right. better. No, I I see what you mean. I think and we I, cracked yeah, the shell definitely. in this episode, and now shit's about to get even more real with her well through next season. Yeah, yeah. As far as the specifics of the episode, there was nothing that particularly stood out to me that made it really good. I It was mostly definitely just kind of a lot of payoff from stuff that work that other episodes had done yeah and that that's what made it good including just getting a nice little glimpse of ripper yeah we don't get to see him drop the veil often enough yeah but it's good to know that he's still on point in particular this season giles has been kind of taking a back seat with a lot of the main action and drama i kind of miss him a little bit more in the thick of it i do too i Uh, and i think that only gets worse (laughs) yeah as the the series progresses Uh, Now, so thoughts on the glory arc, specifically how Geraint was saying that they introduced her too soon, definitely is the problem. Yes. Um, I feel like they could have introduced her sooner, but then not gone whole hog with who she actually is right away. What I think would have worked a fuck ton better is do more work of introducing Ben as a character. Yeah. Hell, make him even more of a love interest to Buffy. I wish they'd actually started dating. Right. But specifically do it and never show us shit about him and Glory being the same person. Yeah. Give us a hint here or there that something's up with Ben. 
but never actually show us and then have it build up to where like because the biggest problem we have in this entire fucking thing is how like glory is a fucking god and can mow through the scoobies like fucking dandelions and she's a goddamn riding lawnmower Mm-hmm. There, there's no fucking challenge there. The only reason that it hasn't happened is she's lazy, and that's boring. Yeah. But if she couldn't have done anything because, like, Ben has more control or is in more control or something like that. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake, Ben hasn't been there for two weeks? What the fuck has Glory been doing? She knows that the key's a person for two fucking weeks, and she hasn't. She's just been sitting there. Yeah, she bullshit. Exactly. Two weeks bullshit. after Spike got. Or yeah, was I guess we did we see Ben last episode? I think we got a little bit, just a tiny bit of Ben. Yeah. So if we can use that as a timeline point and say that she had two weeks from the moment she lost Spike, yeah, to this episode that she spent doing nothing. Exactly. What the fuck? And it it took till this moment where she realizes, oh, I just have to fucking wade through them. That's this is gonna be easy. Yeah, it's complete misuse of of a character and and setup. Yeah. What's funny is I don't think the uh, the composition of the plot lines really needed to, or I don't think the plot lines themselves needed to change. They just needed to move around in when they happened. Right. And it could have made things so much better. Three, three things needed to be different. One, we needed the fact that Ben and Glory are the same person needed to be withheld from us a lot longer. Yeah. And and actually, like, well foreshadowed that something was up. and But actually legitimate mystery. Number two, like, maybe we could have had Glory introduced when Glory was introduced, that something was going on. But we should have had a lot less of Glory and, like kept more mystery of what was going on with it should have held off at least a few more episodes on filling us in on what the key is and who the key is or at the very least that glory is looking for the key and like they could have hinted at it but like at least leave off the active looking and then the the third thing i think they should have desperately done is not make glory to be a fucking idiot because she's an idiot she's been trapped on this world for who knows how fucking long she doesn't want to be here yet she's still so fucking head up her ass that she can't in a two-week time decide to go rather than relying on her minions ah uh, yes okay like, in that sense an idiot you're you're absolutely like, right because i really enjoy her basically being the inverse of harmony just what if Harmony yeah. was actually smart and capable and powerful is kind of, yeah, yeah. In a nutshell, the character description of Glory. But yeah, if they had maneuvered the composition of the plot lines around so that it didn't make her look profoundly dumb. Write it so that maybe, maybe her struggle with sanity is much harder to deal with. Ooh, yeah. So that that's why she can't just go out and do things. Well, that kind of explains her laziness. Yeah, but like... But they don't actually write that in. Right. They didn't press that. They hinted at it. We but haven't then even let really seen anything with her doing the crazy stuff for like half yeah, a season now. Exactly. And it, like, 
there was great hinting that like, wow, there's a lot of people that are losing their minds all of a sudden. Yeah. And then they just fucking let, they let that entire plot line drop. And the most we get out of that was that, oh, because Tara is now crazy, she can see that Dawn is the key. And like, I really thought she was going to be able to see that for herself at some point as well. Yeah. And I also have one other final little nitpick. Before the scene where Buffy and Dawn are discussing Dawn in school and the the scene where Buffy ex- finally says to Dawn why she's being such an ass. Before that scene, we actually see one of the minions sneak up to Buffy's house. Yeah. In that scene, they literally are outright talking about Dawn being the key. Oh, yeah. I thought that was going to come back around and it didn't. Nope. Nope. That minion was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell Glory. Or he like, like wasn't listening very well. Like, yeah. Like, why the fuck did you hint that this minion is outside the window, but then that doesn't pay off at all? Yeah. Somebody made a last minute change to the writing. Yeah. I just, and it didn't they, go well. It's painful because they, there was a lot of promise through here, and they definitely dropped the ball in some key points like that. Yeah. It really, to me, takes away from the the fantasticness of what this season could have been. Agreed. Agreed. But overall, still truly enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're finally leading up to some kind of an end of season climax. And man, I really didn't. I lost track. Wasn't feeling like we're this close to the end of the season, but we are. Yeah. I'm a little confused at like where we're leaving off on this yeah. episode. We have what? Five, six more episodes. How many episodes is it a season? There's 22 episodes. Okay, so we have four more episodes. 20, no. 21, 22, three. So, okay, three more episodes. Either way, I don't know how they're going to fill three episodes. Right? Like, it feels like maybe there should only be one more episode. <laughs> this feels like it should be the the episode before the last episode, doesn't it? With where they left it off? Yeah, well, at like, least... They can. I see how they can fill two more episodes. Yeah, I two one whole episode of dealing with the fallout. Yeah, two could be and done, but three seems like a stretch to me. And we've never known them to stretch anything out ever. I mean, yeah, obviously they. they I a lot of that. I think it'll be season. all right. I can't wait. Um, what's your quote of the day? Yeah, let let's do that. So my quote of the day is actually one we did, we ended up kind of glossing over in the recap of the episode. But after Anya is complaining about the customers not buying anything, and she says, all ogle, no cash, uh, Giles steps up to her and says, appalling, almost as if they think money can't buy happiness. Yeah, I almost took that one down too. Yeah. That was a good one. Also, I learned that I have been pronouncing Ogle wrong my whole life. I think it's a tomato-tomato situation. Nope, I actually looked it up because I was like, that's a weird way to pronounce Ogle. No, Ogle is wrong. Ogle is right. I used to hear it pronounced as Ogle, but still, there's no difference. Ogle and Ogle are both, like, Ogle is more correct than the way I have been pronouncing it, which was Ogle. But no, I have it wrong. I've been pronouncing it wrong my whole life. Thank huh. you. Thank you, Buffy. You should make a gif about it. What's your quote of the day? <laughs> You're just not going to engage with that, I, are you? No, I ha- I got nothing. <laughs> I I tried. I thought of I, I tried to think of something and then my mind just went, 
No, I think we're done. That's all right. So <laughs> apparently I did not really mark down any lines other than lines that uh, were important to scenes or really pissed me off for whatever reason. <laughs> so the closest thing I have to a quote of the day is Glory saying, did anybody order an apocalypse? Hey, hell. No, I actually like that response. Close runner up, Anya. Well, now that came out a lot more lesbian than it sounded in my head. Yeah. Been there, done that. That's a good one. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. So, yeah, this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to support our show, the absolute best way, and the numbers reflect this, the absolute best way that you can do so is give us a review on iTunes. If you do that, we would like to give you a sticker. So if you give a screen cap of your of your review and you email it to us, we will eventually send you a sticker. Uh, if you'd like to support us in a more direct manner, though, you can also do that by going to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy and donating money to our Patreon. If you'd like to get some of our stuff with logos on it, you can do that. Beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. Uh, we got mugs and stickers and hoodies and shirts and water bottles and all sorts of fun stuff. No horse cock dildos, though. Damn it. Get uh, on it, man. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. Killing me. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that in a number of ways through our social media, but also give us an email at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com, or you could give us a call or send a text to our phone number, 269-743-0783. And as always, uh, thank you so much to JJ Treadway for our opening closing music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. I'm going to have that fucking song stuck in my head for a month, you done why are we watching this <laughs>